0: Have you ever thought about how incredibly complex iSpit is? It may only be 99% water, but just saliva isn't simple. That remaining 1% holds incredibly meaningful information that could change everything. And I'm not just talking about your family tree. Hi, I'm Baratunde Thurston, and on this season of Spit, an iHeartRadio podcast with 23andMe, we explore how DNA isn't just about ancestry. It can also be key to understanding your health. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Spit. Today, we've got the one and only host of Crime Stories, Nancy Grace. Nancy's taking a break from true crime to get to the bottom of an entirely different investigation, her 23andMe test reports. You might know Nancy as one of the fiercest legal analysts around, but she's also a proud mother of twins. While Nancy's covered some of the most famous and infamous cases in American true crime, She's also been known to share the fears and triumphs of motherhood with her listeners. So when Nancy and her family recently took a 23andMe test, she just had to let her listeners in on the journey. Nancy sits down with a panel of experts to get a better understanding of her family's reports and the role genetics play in their health. And connecting all the dots, she explores the science behind the test and looks to show listeners how the information contained in 23andMe reports can empower you on the journey to a healthier life. Let's listen in. 23
1: and Me. You'd have to be living under a rock in a cave in a far away distant land not to know what 23 and Me is. It's ancestry testing. You find out where you're from, who you are, so to speak, uh, chromosomally, genetically, that is, can that discovery unlock secrets, the secrets of your genetic makeup, that can help you lead a healthier, and I believe, happier life? We hear stories about uh, genetic tracing, that uh, you you find distant relatives, you you find out uh, your family tree goes all the way back to Anglo-Saxon times. But how can it help me in the here? And now I'm raising two twins. They just turned 15. Let me wash my mouth out with soap. I can't believe they're 15. Can I learn anything from this genetic, uh, let me say genetic makeup, genetic identity, genetic composite that will help my twins and me and my husband, David and my mother, Elizabeth live a longer, healthier life. I'm Nancy grace. And we are talking about 23 and me with me, an all-star panel to make sense of all of this. If you're a layperson like me, Hey, I'm just a JD, but I know nothing about genetic counseling. What does it mean? Joining me, uh, an incredible host of guests, but I want to go first to Stacey Detweiler. She is a licensed certified genetic counselor with 23andMe. Stacy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. What is in a nutshell? Remember, this is 23andMe for dummies. What is 23andMe? Hey guys, by the way, I took the test. Go ahead. Tell me, Stacy. It's a lot, right? Um, So I think
2: you kind of mentioned what people first think about is the ancestry. But what I really get excited about is the health. And there is a lot of information that you can find out from a little bit of spit, uh, which we're able to get DNA from. So there's information about your own...
1: Wait, did you say a little bit of spit? Because we had to spit and spit and spit. I mean, I'm used to criminal cases, Stacey, where you get uh, a a genetic marker and identity and like this minuscule amount of I don't blood, saliva. Why did we have to spit so much? Yeah, that's why we call it a spit party. Um well, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> I can let at least take
2: this one a little bit, um, just because there's you know, you need to get enough DNA from that spit in order to be able to
1: give you all these insights. Um, there's over 65 health insights. Okay, I'll go to Elisa. With me is Elisa Lehman, Senior Manager in Product Science at 23andMe. And you can find everybody at medical.23andme.com. And that's and spelled out 23andme.com. Elisa, welcome to you and Stacy. Why so much spit? You know, you're a PhD and a senior manager. I, I feel kind of wrong asking you, why did I have to spit so much But why did I have to spit so much? Oh
3: thank you for having me and, and why do you have to spit so much is the, the best question I think to ask I love I love answering questions like this. Um, like Stacy said right what we're trying to do is, is get your DNA um, the easiest way possible right We don't want people to have to go give us a blood sample so spit very easy to get. But what we're doing is we're trying to get the DNA, that's in almost every cell in your body, including the cells inside your cheeks. So when you spit and spit and spit, what's coming along for the ride is some of those cheek cells um, from, from your mouth. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we're going to get enough of those cells. So we get enough DNA to make sure that when we run and analyze that DNA, when we extract it from the cells and we try and
1: figure out your A's and C's and T's and G's, from your dna that we have enough that you don't have to do it again what are a's and c's and g's and t's so your dna you can think of as a code that is there to um, explain how to okay you know what Elisa lehman just stop right there my son who is a star in robotics and science and He keeps talking about coding, and I keep acting like I know what he's talking about. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) So when I'm talking about
3: the genetic code, it is more like, you know, codes during World War II, where you are trying, there's information, but it is written in a way that,
1: you know, you need to be able to decode it to understand it. So your DNA is, like that. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. Now I understand. With me, two new friends, Stacey Detweiler and Elisa Lehman from 23 Me, and two longtime friends, Karen Stark joining us, renowned psychologist joining us out of Manhattan. You can find her at karenstark.com, that's Karen with a C, and Dr. Michelle Dupree, my longtime colleague joining us out of South Carolina, a forensic pathologist, medical examiner, author of multiple books, Dr. Dupree. Now, what about this? Uh, a, a regular old PhD just told me something you've never told me. I've never heard the phrase cheek cells. Have you heard the phrase cheek cells, Jackie? Yeah, you've never mentioned that, Dupree.
4: No, but I always say epithelial cells. And you you crash down on me for using such a technical term. Yeah, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the cells inside of your cheek are epithelial cells which I always equate with cells that come from your skin.
4: Well, they come, from, they come from the outside of any organ.
1: Okay, I'm learning a lot. You know, Karen Stark, joining me, in New York psychologist, why are so many people afraid to get a, a,
5: a DNA test? I think they're afraid, Nancy, to find out things that they don't know, and the unknown can often be scary, and especially if you get health information, and they wonder, well, what do I do about this information?
1: Once they get it. Oh, Karen, you're so smart. You know what? You just hit the nail on the head. Because um, when we decided to do 23andMe, I was reading about it. My da- this is why we did it. My daughter wants to know her ancestry. I said, you're Irish. Now go to bed. <laughs> you know, just, you know, I didn't know what else to say. That's all I knew. Um, but uh, I knew that there was more in the mix because my mother is deeply olive skinned with black hair and amazing blue eyes. And I come out with, you know, really, really white and uh, hazel eyes and blonde hair. And my dad was ruddy-complected. And I'm wondering, how does all this mix together? Well, we're basically mutts. But that aside, Karen Stark, what you said, when I started thinking about taking Doing 23andMe, and the spit party, I think either Stacy or Elisa said spit party. I did it too. <laughs> uh, um, I said, sure, I want to know all my health information. I want to know everything. But when I got the report, I had to tell you, I did have a tiny hesitation when I clicked on, um, I clicked on health. It's really easy to read, everybody. You, you get it in your email or wherever you want it sent. And don't ruin it. You for or you, Jackie, because, oh, guys, Jackie is our executive producer on crime stories. So Lucy has always wanted her ancestry and I'm going to print it all out and make it like a college diploma looking thing and wrap it in a ribbon. And that's going to be one of her Christmas gifts. Okay, not from Santa, but from me. And so don't tell her anything we're talking about. Especially you, Karen Stark. Got it. <laughs> so I was a little bit afraid when I just a tiny bit I had a pause. So let me go back to you, Stacy Detweiler, joining us, medical affairs manager. What type of health information can I learn from Twenty Three and Me? Yeah.
3: So the the Health ancestry service. There's a lot of different
2: health reports in there, and the big ones that we think about are the ones that can provide you information about your own likelihood of chances for developing, like type 2 diabetes. Um, so this is using your own genetic information. There's also these more general wellness ones. So a big one that I think about is likelihood for being lactose-tolerant. Um, but there's also reports that can provide information about, you know, do you have a theory, a genetic variant that you might pass on to your future children that could impact their health, too. So uh, being a genetic counselor, I always think about the family aspect. There's a little bit for you. There's a little bit potentially for family members as well. There's a lot of different information that you can get from this. Um, there's even the 23andMe Plus membership that even opens that up more to, to additional um, insights. So there's a lot of different health information that you can learn about. It's not diagnostic. But it can ultimately lead you into the path of talking to your health care providers, getting I mean, a potential life changing diagnosis. Um, or a lot of these healthy lifestyle is key prevention, is that can really promote these actions that you can take every day to help you live a longer, happier, healthy life.
1: Well, i got to tell you, I learned a lot. I learned that I have a higher risk of getting celiac disease. Now can somebody tell me what that is? Exactly. What is that, Dr. Dupree, celiac disease?
4: Nancy, that's basically a sensitivity to gluten, which is found in flour and wheats and things like that. Oh,
1: wait, you're not telling me to cut out carbs, are you? Because I don't want to hear that. <laughs>
4: I'm not telling you. Are, you, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm saying it might be a good idea. It says slightly higher risk. <laughs> it is not high risk; slightly higher. Exactly. Okay. And I th- also this is le- a propensity. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen. You have a propensity for that.
1: Also, uh, increased likelihood of type two diabetes. Um, explain what that means, Doctor Dupree.
4: But type two diabetes um, means that you usually acquire diabetes later in life. Um, it is. Um, it can be controlled by medication. It can also be controlled by nothing more than diet and exercise, um, if it hasn't progressed too far. It may require medicine such as pills, and it may actually turn into insulin dependent. It's usually found in older adults. Um, but again, and you're saying it, that can be prevented. It can be with diet and exercise. It can be. You can actually change your um, your diagnosis, basically, of diabetes sometimes if it hasn't progressed too far and if you're on a very um, healthy diet
1: and um, exercise. You know what else is interesting? Elisa Lehman joining me, senior manager product science at 23 Me. everything was dead on. Uh, it's, uh, my results were higher odds of hazel eyes, which I have, afraid, likely to be afraid of heights. I am not afraid of heights. My father, however, hated heights. Hated Heights, and I will tell you after hiking a lot, uh, Elisa, uh, all over, that when I get to the top of a, uh, let's just say mountain, I finally get to the top of it, I'm not afraid from the waist up, but from the waist down, my legs seem to tremble. <laughs> I can always feel it, like when we went to the top of a summit at Grand Canyon, I looked down. I was talking about how beautiful it was and trying to take pictures, but my legs were shaking. <laughs> what does that mean? I guess that would be the fear of heights. Maybe a little part of you still still carries that. I think what's you know really interesting about
3: you know all the information that you can get with Twenty Three and Me is you see like how many things in your life genetics may have a little role in. Right? It may nudge you towards one thing or another. But as you said. It's not destiny, right? It's a it's a propensity maybe, but you may not be afraid of heights. Maybe, you know, that beautiful view overcomes that fear for you and, and you know, like you said, legs up, you are just enjoying that beautiful view and a propensity for fear of heights doesn't matter at that point.
1: <laughs> How in the world though do your chromosomes um oh Jackie's holding up a sign, not afraid of heights, but am afraid of falling. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. How do genetic markers Determine if you're afraid of heights because my father was deathly afraid of heights. I've never heard that before. Anybody jump in that knows the answer to that one? Well, I can tell you,
3: um, at 23andMe, what we do is we look at people who tell us they're afraid of heights and compare their DNA to people who say they're not afraid of heights. Hmm. And what we're looking for is differences, like different places in their DNA that's different between those two groups. And so we can say that people who have who are afraid of heights tend to have this certain genetic marker that people who aren't afraid of heights don't have. And then we can tell you that, that you may have this marker that seems to be associated with being afraid of heights.
0: Now, let's take a moment and listen to a story of how understanding your health begins with understanding what your genetics say about you. Natasha's 23andMe journey led her to an amazing reconnection with her dad.
6: It was kind of like an out-of-body experience, you know, because uh, me my father was my journey since I was maybe five or six years old. In your life, you meet people, even your spouse, your kids, but you never meet a person who's a mirror to yourself. To meet my father and just to look at him, look at his eyes, hear his voice, it's just an amazing experience that, you know, Um, After 38 years of you imagining everything, you can't can't comprehend it.
0: Natasha's 23andMe connection also helped her discover valuable insights into her health.
6: The the main um, health history I learned is that uh, my father has high blood pressure, right? And my mom has it too. And that, to me, just sends all kinds of alarms in my mind to say, hey, I am, you know, a high category of getting high blood pressure as well. So... Uh, my mission, you know, in order to make myself not, you know, become a category is to just make sure I eat healthy, you know, make sure I'm living a stress-free life as best as I can.
0: 23andMe helped Natasha answer questions about her history and her health that have changed her life.
6: If you're just feeling empty out there, I mean, just take them steps to, you know, get yourself or answer your questions And I would have felt that if I didn't take the steps that I needed, I would have always wondered, you know, not only for myself, but for my kids. So uh, I think it's very important to take your health out, you know, live your good life, but you can live an even better life knowing, you know, what you're fighting up against.
0: This story was brought to you by 23andMe. Learn more about your ancestry and get personalized genetic insights into your health. Get started today at 23andMe.com.
1: You know, a really interesting thing I found out, my mom has macular degeneration. And my mother-in-law, who believe it or not, Jackie, ever since David and I met back in college, over all those years... I never had a single crossword with his mother or father. Yeah, I'm really, really blessed, just, just so blessed to have had them in my life. His mother had macular degeneration really badly. Now, here's what's interesting. I don't show a higher likelihood of getting macular degeneration, but my husband does. I haven't told him yet. He's kind of like shut down after he found out he wasn't Scottish. Okay. So that's a whole nother thing. He is so convinced he's Scottish. We even bought him a kilt and made him wear it one time. Um, he's not, he's not Scottish. I think that he's questioning the whole (laughs) whole process (laughs) because he wants to be Scottish so badly. He loves bagpipes. He loves everything about it, but he found out that he's a mutt like me. And, um, and he's got a little bit of French and German in him. And he was just, uh, he was upset when he found out our so-called thoroughbred dachshund was part poodle. Okay, he was very disturbed about that. So I haven't been able to talk to him about being part French and part German yet. I'm going to save it for just the right moment. But, you know, another thing I found out is that... Um, I knew that I was part Jewish, but I didn't know it was Ashkenazi. Now, that is very significant because there are certain health risks associated with being Ashkenazi. Does anybody know the answer to that? What are those health risks? Yeah, I can jump in here. Um, There are certain populations where there are genetic variants that occur more
2: common. Ashkenazi Jewish is one of those that we see certain genetic conditions much more common in that population. And so one of the ones that we think about is BRCA or um, inheriting breast cancer, kind of hereditary
1: breast cancer and ovarian cancer And Hold on, I'm writing that down. Hereditary breast cancer and hereditary ovarian cancer. Is that the BRCA gene?
2: Yes, the BRCA1 and BRCA2. Yeah. Uh, and so
1: individuals of Ashkenazi, Oh, yeah. Just so you know, ladies, Karen Stark's a breast cancer survivor. Uh, go ahead. And is Jewish. Are you Ashkenazi, Karen?
5: Yes, I am, Nancy. We're <laughs>
1: So, uh, you know, we're related. Not only did we live down the street from each other in New York, now we find out we're related. Okay, breast cancer, hereditary breast cancer, hereditary ovarian cancer, the BRCA gene, and I believe Taysox syndrome, isn't that... Yeah, there's, there's
2: right. a lot of conditions that are autosomal recessive, which is a fancy way of saying that kind of you inherited genetic variants from your older parents, and that can result in the condition. And we see more of these like TFS you bring up um, in certain populations of Ashkenazi Jewish. And so for um, the BRCA, talking about that, about one in 40 individuals of Ashkenazi Jewish ancestry are carriers or have a genetic variant that greatly increases their risk for. These certain cancers like breast, ovarian, or prostate cancer,
1: and cancer. You know, I found out so much about my mom, too, guys. I found out that she is is partially Nigerian. I found out so much, Nancy? about mom. What? What is that? You, Karen, start jumping. in. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, I wanted to say, like, if if you get those kind of results, and they say a propensity toward this or something about the BRCA gene, It's really important not to be afraid, but to go and talk to somebody and go over it with your doctor or a genetic counselor like you have on the show.
1: Hey, you know what it did to me uh, when I found out um, about the higher likelihood of getting type 2 diabetes? Well, first, I immediately ordered Krispy Kremes, and I ate my way through them. Then I swore (laughs) them off, (laughs) and I'm trying... (laughs) I just had to have one last bender before I went on straight and narrow. <laughs>
5: I want to have those <laughs> crazy things. <laughs>
1: but anyway, back to Twenty Three and Me. And uh, can we talk about security? Because um, I found out all sorts of things in my line of work. When you talk about DNA tests, it's never a good thing. Okay, it's, you know, it's related to some crime. But with Twenty Three and Me, um, you can. Now, explain this correctly, Stacey Detweiler and Alisa Lehman. You can actually have all of your, resu- your results destroyed after you get them. If you don't want them kept on file, they're destroyed. They're gone. Like, turning off the TV, it's over. It's gone. Um, you can have it not shared with the public or shared with the public if you want You can have limited parts of it shared with the public or none of it shared with the public. Is is all of that right, Elisa and or Stacy? Yeah, that's right. And
3: I encourage everyone to check out 23andme.com slash privacy because I think you're right that a lot of people think about the privacy and the security concerns about getting this information. And we want people to make an informed choice before they decide to do the test or not. And so we have a lot of information about What is, what we do to protect your information. So yes, you can have your sample destroyed, your DNA sample that you provide. You can completely delete all your information after you, after you get it. You can download all your information. You can choose, um, which reports that you want to view or not view and, um, within the health reports. You can choose if you want to share information with other people on the 23andMe site or with research or not. Um, and you can choose what information is shared. So you have a lot of control over who sees your information. And we want to make sure that people are you know, informed of those choices ahead of time. And our general policy is that all of these things are opting in to sharing. So if you don't do anything, we assume you do not want to have your information shared.
1: Oh, that's so smart. Guys, what what she just said, I just immediately compared it to if you're in court and you don't enter a plea, the judge just automatically enters a not guilty for you. If you don't check any of these boxes, then they automatically put it on privacy where you don't share it with anyone in any degree. And again, you can have the whole thing deleted and your tests destroyed, if that's what you want. Hey, you know what? Another thing I found out, this is so crazy, that I am, wait for it, Jackie, wait for it, more likely to experience hair photo bleaching, which means that when you go out in the sun, your hair turns blonder. See, I told you this was natural, and you didn't believe me. No, I didn't. You kept saying, who did your hair or who did not do your hair? Hint, 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 go do your hair. See, it's all because of the sun. This is natural, right? Yes. How do they know that? Can Elisa or Stacy tell me that? That is that is very similar to, you know, the fear of heights, um, you know, fear of public
3: speaking, like preferences, like, you know, whether you prefer chocolate or vanilla ice cream. All of that is, you know, comparing the DNA of people who, who say their hair gets lighter in the sun to people who, hair doesn't get lighter in the sun and finding these little places that are are different between people who have those different experiences. And then again, being able to report back to you based on your DNA, you might be more likely to have that, that hair photo bleaching happen.
1: Listen to this guys. This is what you can learn. Are you prone to type two diabetes? If so, what can you do about it? Macular degeneration. What can David and Lucy do about it? I found out that I was more acutely, um, I have a more acute odor detection, which is really interesting, Jackie. Karen Stark, do you remember after COVID, both John David and I lost a sense of smell? Yes, I did. And um, I first tested at about midnight. We were up watching Elf, the Christmas movie. And... I realized I couldn't smell Lucy's cookies she was making. And we went and stuck our noses in the coffee, couldn't smell it. We finally, the ultimate test, got two Sharpies and stuck them up our nostrils, couldn't smell a thing. And I'm like, okay, we've lost our sense of smell. Now, listen to this, Karen Stark. Over a year later, I think my mother smells funny. Then I thought my friend, who often comes on our program, Renee Rockwell, smelled funny, same smell. Jackie, sadly, I also thought you smelled funny. Oh, thanks. Finally, finally, I I thought, how can all these three people smell like bleach? It's me. I went to the doctor, and it was a a result, a weird result of COVID, having lost my smell. And now I find out through 23andMe, I have um, increased odor detection, more likely to match a musical pitch. Boy, I wish David had gotten that one. Um fear of height, fear of public speaking, and you learn about these things in order to work on them and maybe even correct them. Um, It talks about possibility of chronic kidney disease, the possibility of hypercholesterolemia. What is that? Is that bad cholesterol?
4: What is that, Dr. Dupree? Basically. Hypercholesterolemia. Hypercholesterolemia. It is actually, you have more what they call bad cholesterol or LDL, the low density, Mm -hmm. than you do the high density. And therefore, you are more susceptible to things like stroke, hardening of the arteries, um,
1: even heart attack. Well, I dodged that one. So I guess it's okay to order another round of Krispy Kremes. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Well, I'll jump in here.
6: Jump in. (laughs) So
1: I report yeah, I
2: report specifically on familial hypercholesterolemia, which is an inherited form. And oh, so. so. About one in about 250 people have this, and so you're typically very early on, you have very high cholesterol. So unfortunately, most cases of having high cholesterol are due to a factor of genetics and lifestyle. Um, so, you know, you can't go, can't go wild there.
1: Well, so that's an X now, on the own days. That's a no to the donuts, it's legal, legalese I'm throwing you
2: know, it. I'm not going to say I completely.
1: Not a, It's not a total no. Why did okay? Why does John David have to take his test again? I think did 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 he screw it up somehow? Does it? Why would he have to take his test again? Did he not spit enough? Happen um, so often. It's because you know, like I said, those, those cells in your cheeks—that's
3: what we're looking for um, in your spit. So it could be that either there weren't enough cells for whatever reason um, that that made it into his first spit sample. It could be mm-hmm. that you know when we when we extract the DNA out of those cells that we didn't get enough, or it could be that you know when we are trying to analyze your DNA that there was an, there was an error or a problem with that analysis. But hopefully, you know, his experience was that he got a second kit, was able to give it a second try, and we were
1: successful on that second, on that second try. I'm trying, but you can't eat or drink 30 <laughs> minutes before, and it's really hard to catch John Daving having not just eaten something. So I'm trying to pin him down before he can eat or drink in the morning <laughs> to do his bit <laughs> test. He's a growing boy. <laughs> yes, he is. Karen Stark, uh, he's six, five and a half. And he just turned 15. I, You know, I feed him full of vegetables every night. Last night he balked at raw carrots. I don't know why, but he did. But I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Maybe there's a genetic component. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Guys, it's also very easy to view online. I don't know how it's going to be to print it off when I make Lucy's um, Christmas scroll. But and that's not all I'm giving her. I'm giving her some other things, too. And, of course, Santa's coming You can delete your account, discard your sample. No one can access your information if that's the way you want it. I'm really happy that I took the test. I'm really happy that I will be able to answer some of Lucy's questions. She's British. She gets some Scandinavian from her father. She gets a lot of Irish from me. She and uh, I'm assuming since they're twins, John David's. they're both going to have Ashkenazi Uh, genes within them of course that opens up to a lot of health issues we're going to look into but now i know and now i can do something about it for them um i'm just really glad it came in into my life hey let's do round robin final thoughts dr michelle dupree
4: i think this is a wonderful thing you can actually change your lifestyle based on the information that you know and have a better life a healthier life this is great you know it really is
1: isn't it great to be talking about genetic markers when it's not connected to a crime okay karen
5: start jump in i just think that i mean i did it and there was nothing that was frightening i i felt like if i needed to i would certainly consult with a doctor or a genetic counselor, but there was a lot of things, I, there were things that I found out that were fun, like the chocolate or the vanilla, because my whole family likes vanilla, and people are like, what, no chocolate? It was really a lot of fun to get that information. What about it? Elisa Lehman joining
1: me, uh, PhD, Senior Manager, Product Science at 23 and Me. I mean, I think it's, Great to hear uh, the good experiences that people are having. And it's exactly what we want
3: as, you know, a starting point. Start your journey either with your ancestry or with your health. You know, take this and make good choices going forward.
1: And um, to Stacy Detweiler, or maybe this is to Elisa, I'm not sure who would feel this, but we almost didn't do it. And I'll tell you why. When I said, hey, twins, you want to do 23 Me?" After I told him what it was, John Davis said, no, mom, because I don't want my great, great grandson to be busted on a felony because I gave a DNA sample. And I almost said, where did you hear that? And then, of course, I knew where he heard it from me, okay, <laughs> talking about ancestral family trees. And I just want to point out, uh, to allay my son, John David's fears, 23 and Me has never once handed over information to law enforcement. And, again, they give you the option. If you want your test destroyed, it's destroyed when you say, do it. Stacey Detweiler, final thought. You know, I, I think our mission is for people to access, understand, and benefit
2: from this information, and it's so great to hear um, that it seems like you've done that. We are all about empowerment, right? This is your information, you can have access to it, learn so much from it, um, and empower you to make the, the decisions that are going to lead to a longer, happier, healthier life, ultimately what we want.
1: I just want to say thank you to 23andMe. and me. Um, for all the questions you've answered and i will let you know how lucy responds on christmas morning thanks guys goodbye friends
0: and that's it on another dope show did this episode inspire you to take a closer look at your health history your genetic makeup Who knew DNA could reveal so much about our past while also holding the keys to certain health insights that may impact our future? I continue to be inspired by these stories, and I hope you do as well. Catch you next time. Listen to Spit, an original podcast from iHeartRadio and 23andMe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.